I'm just sitting up here. Well, not sitting up here, it's what? <laughs> Eight o'clock. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock, Arizona time. Eight o'clock, California time. But I'm um, sitting up here and I was just uh, <laughs> nodded out for a minute, then woke up. And I, damn cats under the damn trailer, that's what woke me up. But anyway, I just laid up here and laid up here. Booed a fan a little bit. Booed a dog a little bit. She's on her own now. Uh, but I was actually <laughs> started thinking about jobs I had. Um, and the one that I was actually thinking about was uh, in in the French Quarter. And that was the Hog Express Saloon up on Charters. I think it was 310 Charter. And because numbers just stay in my mind. So I believe it was 310 Charters Avenue. And I actually worked in the mouse house. Even before I uh, became a bartender. The mouse house is something that Chip had. And now the mouse house was, I mean, Chip had the place outside. Now I did say Chip had the place in uh, Metairie. The park, nightclub, restaurant. You know, at that time it was a restaurant. Uh, I think in the evening they may have served meal, but basically it was a lunch restaurant. Uh, happy hours was, you know, hors d'oeuvres and different things. Nothing big. Uh, and then they did the bar. And, you know, it was a big spot. But that was the park. He had also had Heroes on 310. Nah, I don't I think this may be 300. It was 300. Maybe 310 too. Um... And that was on, come on now, Maurice. I just had it in my mind, too. Uh, 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 camp. I think it was Camp Street. But that was um, his place. And after that, that city lights, you know, and that's where I've seen Chubby Checker Joan River. He had a big party for when they had uh, some kind of wars and in the city, uh, Chubby Checker Jones, that's where Don Cornelius stopped me when I was carrying the bus tub, that was bus boarding, and that's actually where I was, <laughs> almost, that was after the cocaine, and doing the Norman and, um, Norman and Corey thing, where we was going, dabble in the little geeks after work and then I, I just had to leave the shit alone because I didn't actually want to deal with being responsible. Well, I didn't want to go back into the beginning. I saw where I was going, so I walked I just turned and ran away from that. But at the same time, I told the kid I, I can't be responsible for you. Anyway, but that was City Lights. So from City Lights, I, uh, you know, worked there in the daytime sometimes. Got the lunches, uh, not got the lunches, but, uh, um, uh, he would order lunch, I would go pick it up, but, you know, I got, I'd check the liquor deliveries and then, uh, bring him the invoices, he would issue a check to the drivers or whatever, uh, 
not check the liquor. Well, I may have been checking Kip was pretty cool. He didn't trust nobody, but you know, that's how them gangsters was out there. And met her and I do. Him and his brother Ronnie had to be in a little mob out there, but you know, I never had no problem with him and you know, I always made my money with him. And he actually had the place in Metairie. Uh not in Metairie, in uh on uh I think this was Decatur, the mouse house. So actually I should say the mouse house was maybe my first place working in and I used to do the tile floor there, you know, and it was like an old fifties soda fountain place and I hated the place. I would never be around there. Because <laughs> I <laughs> those nostal nostalgic days when they're thinking about the forties and fifties is a total warning for me that, you know, they've got the mentality where they were free to do what they wanted, not just that, it was carefree at the time. So, you know, uh, with their carefree, a lot of them didn't know what that looked like to the other side or what it cost the other side. So that, sometimes that carefree spirit of theirs maim and hurt them. <laughs> if that soda get too much alcohol, you know, if they're drinking too many of them Coca-Cola. But anyway, uh, so I was, uh, at the uh, Trico House, 7-Eleven Bourbon Street, and I think that was after, uh, yeah, I did leave Deja Vu. I worked at Deja Vu as a uh, delivery. Delivery, fuck the damn delivery driver. They did everything. If I had too many orders for, uh, well, usually if they had the delivery, they had two cooks. But usually one cook wasn't, wasn't going to deliver. Sometimes you did. You know, it depends on it. It was a big order. You wanted that tip. But damn bastards was so fucking cheap. And, you know, that was one thing I didn't like because at that time it was really bad. And I didn't like going right around delivering fucking, uh, shit on an old squeaky-ass bike. But it beat the hell walking. At least I could get a jump on him and run it. I never got robbed or anything. But I still didn't like him. And after I met, you know, so many people coming into the Deja Vu, you know, on the after work shift, because I worked the overnight shift, you know, that's where the money was. In the daytime, you get the tourists when, and those tourists wasn't spending no money like talking about it. Uh, at nighttime, you get the good money, evening shift, night shift, because, you know, most of the people are off. And it was a local place mostly, and it was, yeah, catered to the tourists, and tourists would pass there for the hand grenades <laughs> and different drinks. They had just came up with that shit when I was working there. Oh, what's the dude and woman name? Oh. And I just saw a commercial or something when I was in New Orleans maybe a few years ago. But that's Earl and what's her name? What's her name? Oh, God. But I think, you know, she was the older one. But, you know, it, it was pretty cool. And uh, I never had no problem when I used to work them tables and shit. And, you know, after they saw me working and so, so I was fucking serious about work. Hell, you know, it's all right. That's all they want. And I don't know where these people get the idea that blacks don't work. But, see, I had gotten to the habit uh, 
of working in the quarter already for so long, or around that situation for so long, I didn't give a fuck what they looked at me. They looked at me okay. And I know they're going to look, they look at everybody, but I don't take offense to it because they're just trying to, but you you know they're looking at you. And most blacks are going to like, what the fuck they keep looking at me for? See if your ass working. But if you don't worry about it and do the fucking job, hell. That's all I ever thought. And that, you know, I, I mean, that was my approach to working. You know, no matter what the fuck I did, I mean, I did the job. If you don't like it, if I'm doing something wrong, you got every right to tell me. But, uh, you know, I took some shit there. And at, 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 uh, <laughs> when I was at the Trico house, you know, and I mean, it, at the Trico house, I was started out as a waiter. And I worked there for four fucking years, running up them steps, the stairs, because they, the, they started doing dining upstairs, too, at night, when it was really busy doing those touristy time, because you got to make that money, and they put them tables upstairs, and I ran up there, up and down, up and down. I had a bandana on, I used to sweat my ass off going up and down. But mostly we did the courtyard shit, you know. Open courtyard, which didn't work too well during the cold weather. But, yeah, it bought the money. I mean, you did. That was waiting tables in the wall. Then I got uh, to bartender. Uh, not downstairs in Bessie's spot. Because Bessie was actually the first bartender or first person. Oh, everybody was scared of fucking Bessie and shit. But I wasn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I knew the routine. Most of the newer people, because the waiters was turned over so fast. Most of the new people would uh, go up to I mean, waiting tables is just like organizing your time. The time you got with these customers. Boom. You get there. Hey, how you doing? Get you anything to drink while you're looking over the menu? My name, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, drink tea, water, beer, rocks. Okay, cool. Want an appetizer? Go ahead. Get your appetizer going while you're... Okay, cool. Hey, give me one of them uh, plates of shrimp. Barbecue shrimps. Be back in a minute. Here's the ticket. Boom. Go run to the bar. Hey, I need a... You don't just shout it out. You wait until you see them because they got their customers there. You in your little spot where your credit card machine... <laughs> And where all your papers at, where you wait stuff at, and you know, you just stand there and wait until you get eye contact. But most of them go there and go to, I mean, the new ones go there waving and everything else. To get the eye contact, depends on what you want. Give me a bourbon rocks, a beer back, and I got the water and a soda, please. Hit all of that, you tell them all that while they coming to you so they can grab what the hell they need to grab while they getting to you. Boom, drop it on that. That's it, say, I like the way you do things. And I'm like, oh shit, Bessie paid me a compliment, but Bessie hated every fucking money because they didn't know. <laughs> and it, I was one of those that she didn't train. Only thing Bessie ever told me, she said, look, 
And Bessie was quite older than me, too. Well, not quite older. Bessie was a drinker, you know. Once we all started drinking, that shit way on us fast. But Bessie uh, told me one day, after I had a good night, she said, you know what you need to do? Because I, you know, she tipped me in, you know, she tipped me $20, a big 20 She said, when you make money, go home. Bring that money home. Said when you make less than fifty dollars, that's when you stay out and drink. I'm like, okay. She says that's the only way you're gonna pay your bills. She said, now here's a drink. Have this drink and then go your ass home. <laughs> and you know she uh, was right. So, and that was Seven Eleven Bourbon Street. Uh, a Trico house, and I ended up, you know, working it for a year, and I ended up bartending there. Now, I, uh, that, <laughs> I was one of the, you know, me, Andrew, uh, when I got to, uh, House Rest Saloon, they did hire a little black girl, Anita, high yellow one. I forget Anita last name. Uh, but, and the bartenders, they had, I think, some black bartenders in Pat O'Brien mixing them drinks up. That's what you call it, the hurricanes and stuff. But, you know, there wasn't many fucking black workers, black wayfarers. Black, they put blacks in the kitchen, actually. And they've been doing that shit for fucking years, putting blacks in the kitchen and in uh, the French Quarter, and I was <laughs> I wasn't going in no kitchen and stay in the kitchen. Not to say I didn't work in the kitchen. Now, uh, after Hogs Brett Saloon, I had left. I mean, not Hogs Brett Saloon. I went left Trico House after all them years. Split up with my wife, you know, and I had uh, I left. I had been trying to again, like I say, relocate, go and try San Francisco. I tried the West Coast. I was just trying to get the fuck out. I tried Florida. I tried, uh, what else? Well, I was actually going to Savannah. Never made it to Savannah. Made went to Jacksonville, Florida. Like, I don't get the fuck out of here. You know, it's a college town, and I just came around all them white kids, you know, because when they get drunk, they get stupid. So I um, went from uh, Trico House, and I just left the job, you know. I quit, you know, with a slow tie and did that San Francisco shit and stayed out in San Francisco three weeks and couldn't get a job. I'm like, fuck, money was running out and I got on back up. I went back to Trico House for a minute <laughs> and the man didn't want me back after I quit on him, man. You know, I worked there, he said, uh-uh, get rid of him. I'm like, okay, cool. I ain't raised no hell or nothing, I left. It's job. Yeah, I was mad because I didn't give him a notice and then came back. Oh, actually, he thought I stole out the till, but I ain't take nothing but my damn uh, pay. And I signed the card with it and everything, but he didn't like the idea that I stepped that way. You know, man, but fuck it. It was my money. I didn't steal from you, and I could have stole the whole fucking lot. But that was one of the places I didn't steal from. <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Anyway, I uh, when I got back to New Orleans, uh, I uh, 
went to uh, all over. Oh, first place was actually a uh, Cajun cabin. That's where they had this little bitty Nazi motherfucker. And they had three of us working in the line in the kitchen. Uh, you know, they made the shit. I didn't even know about this. Maw, maw, paw, paw. Shit like that with gravy. I'm like, what the fuck, man? They eat this shit? Yeah, that's okay to me. I'm like, okay. And all kind of little bullshit, but the regular stuff too. Um, most, and they had shrimp. <laughs> and this little dude, he was just so fucking hyped up the Cajun cabin. And, you know, I mean, it was bullshit what they sold, but the little theme caught people walking. Walking in there, would stop there, get them a plate of that little bullshit, expensive bullshit. And, uh, shrimps, you know. Now, shrimps were fucking high price. No, what I mean for the vendors to, for the people to buy from the vendor, because you know it just dictated was dictated by them. But then you know once they came in there, they tried to charge the customer, but they really couldn't charge the customer too much because the customer would go get them fucking shrimps almost anyway, and actually go get a shrimp bowl boy cheaper than what they're gonna try to sell them that plate. So they went uh, (laughs) on one day. This dude, uh, I forget his name. Me, it was me, us in the back, and we were just talking, waiting for shit to get started, cause I had just started there, maybe two weeks, and um, still trying to learn the menu, you know. And it's uh, we just back there talking, and the dude came in there all upset one day, the little white shirt, this old white guy, came in there all fucked up and said, uh, "Shut up, shut that fucking noise up." I'm like, dude, this man usually talk like this. You know, I've been around him for a minute, you know. I know he kind of abrasive, but fuck, dude. He ever come out like this on y'all before? Yeah, don't worry about him. Say fuck if I ain't, man. Say you don't let nobody talk to you like that. What's going on like that? So, uh, now, <laughs> you know, he came in there as you know, you see, I told y'all to shut up. I said, man, look, you can't tell nobody to shut up. I said, well, shut I tell you what, go home. I said, what? He said, go home. I said, oh, you mean leave the, <laughs> leave the job? He said, yeah, I don't care what fuck where you go, just go. I'm like, shit, dude. You ain't said nothing. Took that apron off and drop it on that damn thing because I was about tired of that job anyway. It wasn't my, my thing being behind the scene. I had to been up front, bartending and everything else. I wanted, I'd rather do that. So um, I said, hey, you want me to come back? Just fucking with him. You no know, damn well I was. He said, not if you're going to, not if you can't be quiet. <laughs> now he's saying be quiet now. I'm like turning left. So. I wasn't going to come back. I didn't come back. And by the end of the week, I had been started working at Hogs Bread Saloon. Now, I know most, if anybody know Hogs Bread Saloon, it's a, <laughs> who, <laughs> the Margarita Bar. But no, it's not Margaritaville. It was around before Margaritaville. It was up there on Charter Street, uh, 300 block of Charter, three, three blocks, three, four blocks off Charter. And uh, it was Terry and Miles, I believe. That's who they were running the place. And 
What was the the thing? Okay, the thing is the one in New Orleans on Charter Street. That's who was running it, Terry Miles. They're straight out of Florida, the old Florida image and everything else. And that's where the bar started. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, uh, Margaritaville singing. They used this theme and everything else. You know, Hog Breath Saloon got the bikers. The hog breath shirts, you know. So, I mean, it was all a biker's theme, Jimmy Buffett's theme, Margaritaville drinking, drunkenness, wanton drunkenness, and be careful because sometimes shit fly. So, that's the way, you know, that's when I'm like, okay, that's how these white folks party in uh, Florida. <laughs> and, you know, but the thing is, you had to play country music. You know, we, we had a disc. Anyway, I started off as a cook there, grill cook. They needed a grill cook. I'm like, fuck, I got to get in that store. Uh, I didn't know nothing about the place. All I know, I needed a job. I didn't know nothing about hog bread or nothing at the time. Tie-dye shirts, hog bread shirts. Fuck, nothing, Jimmy Buffett. I didn't even know when the fuck do I heard it music before, but I... Okay. So... Uh, I got the job, grill cooking, and um, waiting tables when it got busy. I didn't work my ass around there, wait them, start waiting <laughs> tables like I make some money. And not do it bad on just that damn check. So, uh, now, you know, sometimes you do too good a fucking job. But, opening came up for bartender. They hired somebody else. I'm like, come on, man. I, ex you know, to be a bartender. You know, I you know I you know I've been bought and then I got the reference. So um, now you know what I should say uh, is that over at Trico House, you know, no matter there was days where they would have some white dudes just come through there and figure they're gonna raise hell and start calling people nigger and shit. And once we try to put them out, escort them out, uh, they wanna. Come back a little later and try to fight. And I mean, that happened a couple of times. And it, it was a couple of times we've, the waiters comes in, that place, uh, uh, the men, I mean, the men, male waiters were black. White dudes just didn't want the job. Uh, the women who waited the table, they usually had two or three of them, were white, you know. Um, few blacks would come through, but they usually had the white girl in the front with the old antebellum, big old dress on. But, you know, we, we, we had to deal with a lot of shit there. Now, one of the things is that we did deal with decadence day. Um, and I think that's, I want to say gay holiday, but it's a yeah, gay celebration day with it. And, they would be out there, had the, um, over at the Municipal Auditorium, they ball and different things, but, you know, now, people, I don't know why, a lot of them wouldn't wait on none of the gay guys, or when they wait on them, it'd be shot with them, you know, it just shows because, you know, they just got this distasteful. But I'm being like, y'all some fucking stupid dudes. You don't want the table, I got it. And I go take that table. And I handle them dudes just like they, anybody else. 
you're my customer. Hey, how y'all doing? And no more than women would they get out of place. And you have to say, well, stop that now. Or whatever. If you could playfully put them in their place, you're good. Uh, but, just like anybody. But the thing is, I went to them, approached them just like I would anybody else, as was making money. In the beginning, you know, they were tipping real good, because, like, fuck, ain't nobody treat us like this. What's your name? Where you from? This I did. Then, you know, the thing is, um, once somebody making that money, ain't that no problem with waiting on them, you know. But, you know, when I would uh, uh, get off in the later days when I worked in uh, the French quarters before I met Angela, I would go to uh, um, what's that? Clover Grill. Clover Grill. I just heard last time I was there, they had a woman go killed outside of Clover Grill. Her man did it. Oh, fucker. But anyway, I used to uh, go there, get me a burger. That's before I was vegetarian. Get me a fucking big fat burger or a chicken sandwich and um, have me a nice cold Heineken. And this was before it got too bad. And I would walk home most to the bus stop. And uh, that was it. And I did that until I left New Orleans. But I, my, I mean, nobody bothered me at the Cobra Grill. I would just go up there, sit at the bar. They knew me. I was pretty much a regular. Got my order and was gone. You don't talk to nobody else. Oh, no, I'm just getting off work trying to wind down. You know, and sometimes they would buy me the beer. Yeah, take this one home with you. <laughs> so, but no, I uh, treat them just like people. But the thing is, uh, we, you know, being a black in that position, you know, I mean, in, in where normally, you know, it shouldn't have been taken for granted. I mean, we didn't... They A lot of the people come there with this preconceived notion of what New Orleans is supposed to be like. And a lot of them play on that, especially like 7-Eleven Bourbon Street. They had putting a woman out there with the antebellum dress on. Uh, also, Cajun Cabin, which isn't racist, but, but you know... The thing is about the food, <laughs> I've never heard of some of this bullshit. Mama, Papa, brown gravy. That's fucking brown gravy with uh, uh, cayenne pepper in it, whatever. But it may be something this thing. But, you know, the Cajun thing, told you about the Cajun thing before. Why? Spicy because they couldn't take the musk clean. Now, after they escaped Arcadia, Canada, worked their way down, the French worked their way down to the bayous, and uh, started living in the bayou, hiding in the bayou. They would, uh, only food they would catch was the wild food, and they didn't know nothing about demusking it yet. And taking out the musclang, so they put a lot of hot sauce in it. They found some musclang, but most of them they didn't find. End up cooking it in that rancid taste, but to cover the rancid taste up, they used peppers. And spice it up. Now, zoom. Let's jump back to uh, Tricker House. But, yeah, I did that. And we, you know, being in that position, you know, just had to deal with a lot of shit. And some of the most unwanted shit was shit that just came there with white dudes just 
pulling some stupid fucking shit and being real assholes and expect you to take the shit. So we, <laughs> we've had many fights. I guess six total of fights right in, in that. Oh, see, they didn't know this place like we knew it. We would kick their ass, kick their ass all the way out through the door on the street. Because that first tap they take out, they're going to fucking triple. And yeah, we were, I mean, and I don't know why I started fighting. I was fighting and I wasn't a fighter. So, um, same thing with, you know, Cajun Cabin. I was ready for the little man to tell me something. <laughs> and, but even over at uh, House Press Saloon, you know, after I had worked my way up to bartender, I had uh, uh, finally got the day shift, you know, and fuck. You know, that's okay. I can handle this. That was supposed to be the worst shift, you know. But that's okay. I can handle the day shift. I put the low music on. I put the low country on. I put some Robert Craig on. That was strong persuasion. <laughs> I put a Jimmy Buffett on. Over you had to put two country, two Jimmy Buffett, and the other ones you could play. And I put on some Miles Davis. Or some other jazz. And I would just stand up there and wait. Once the people came in, hey, how y'all doing? Yeah, well, we just in for the uh, day. We just got in today. Or yesterday. Uh, we just looking for something to do. Okay, well, what do you want to do? See the city or see the river? Oh. <laughs> uh, see both of them. Okay, I'll tell you what you do. Go to Canal Street. Uh, let me get you a cup of coffee or something while I'm talking to you because I got some things to show you. Get a magazine, give it to the, the lanyard. Get the, get them a drink. Soda, not Bloody Mary. You want a Bloody Mary? Okay. I don't want to give you nothing too strong. You get a Bloody Mary and, you know, you get a little the wife usually want a soda or a juice. You want a little splash of vodka on that? Yes, dear, please. <laughs> so you lay out there and you tell them. Okay, first you want to do is take that uh, streetcar. You go to Canal Street, you see the same car, streetcar. Be careful crossing the street. Get on that streetcar. You could just ride it all the way to the end. Maybe ask the driver where's a good place for you to get out. Or you just stay on it. Get out down there and all the way back. Back then we ain't had no problem with bathroom, but I forgot about the motor folks then. But, uh, you know what? No matter what I done, when I told people to go different places, Give them one of them land yacht magazine and let them see what's going on. Some of the cheap concerts and different things. They always came back the next day and the next day. Most time they would start their day off. You know, they had breakfast, you know. But they were my customers. I got more shit. God damn, I got more uh, tips there. More. Oh, the thing was, they put money on the ceiling there at the Hogs Breath Saloon. I got more people to put money up on the ceiling. And actually, I, <laughs> I ended up 
moving to the night shift. They don't put me on the night shift. You know? And that's where I started really having trouble with uh, those drunk white guys, even the Hispanics, you know, one Mexican, group of Mexican people, light, bright Mexican. Uh, I guess a black man must have fucked this old lady because this damn sure got started accusing me of some bullshit, calling me nigga and everything else. And uh, there was a couple of times in the uh, uh, bar with white guys, you know, I had to pull a bat on them. Now, you know, the thing is, I've had two bosses tell me I shouldn't do that. Just to tell me I shouldn't be so aggressive to these people who being <laughs> aggressive to me. Now, it wasn't at the Trico house, but it was at uh, Global Leaf Donuts when them guys beat me up and I said, hey, you don't mind if I get a gun? Oh, if you get a gun, you wouldn't be working for me. And like, okay, okay, motherfucker. I got a gun anyway. But it bows, you know, he, uh, didn't want us, oh, well, didn't want us to be aggressive. You can't do the, you can't be like that with, I said, wait a minute, man, this man threatening to kick my ass and stuff, and you don't want me to tell him nothing, call the police. No, he didn't even say call the police. He said, call me. Fuck him up, because he lived in the back upstairs, but, you know, Miles was usually high as a motherfucking huckabuck when you didn't see him. Uh, so, he wasn't no use to you unless you left work and then he'd be coming down and drink uh, him and Johnny go, but then, you know, so, you know, you know, he's one of them telling me not, uh, fuck him. I kept that bet near me <laughs> when I was uh, back there. I didn't bring my gun on their property though because you can't really have a gun around that alcohol. So I never bought a gun there. But I had my bet. Uh, you know, I'm sure they had bartenders with guns, but, you know, it wasn't my boss, so I couldn't have a fucking gun there. Not around alcohol. I wasn't, I wasn't chancing that. But then, you know, I uh, worked that night shift, and I ended up uh, leaving that job to go to uh, Alaska. That was my Alaska job. And um, that <laughs> Miles... Miles fired all the bartenders. And, you know, right before Mardi Gras, slow though, slow though. It's Mardi Gras season ain't even pop yet. But, uh, <clears throat> he, uh, is just about to come up on a crest of, and he fired him. Somebody's stealing. He said, somebody's stealing alcohol. But that was him and Johnny O stealing. Johnny O was the bartender. At night, and him and Johnny O was be hanging out there drinking, and Johnny O had a bunch of people there after the fucking place was closed. So, that's what Johnny O act like that was his fucking bar. And he would have his fucking friends in that way the wee hours in the morning, and he act like he didn't know. No, no I mean, uh, Miles. But they went to blaming that shit on, you know, and then it could have been just Miles, too. Because Johnny had customers, and, you know, I don't think he was that big of a thief. But it wouldn't have been right. Well, that motherfucker, 5B, Johnny O. What was that 
soup our oh, oh, here bartender. Oh, I'm gonna get his name. Me, Johnny Old, here Stanley. I was the only black one too. Right, right, his last name right. Oh, I'm gonna think of it. That's the head bartender was something right, I can't think of it. David Wright, Richard Wright, nope, not them. <laughs> uh Terry Rice. Oh, he got that hard name though. I I'll remember, but you know, he was pretty cool. Tom Wright. <laughs> and uh he was pretty cool. He was a cool dude. Straight lace, you know, you know. He ain't been around no blacks too often, but you know, it took them a minute to warm up to me. And I mean once we uh all got fired, he fired his ass too. So when they came back and found me and come to work for that Mardi Gras because the bartenders they bought from Florida just could not handle that crowd. Like they came there. And uh they hired us back for Mardi Gras. Basically put us upstairs, put one or two of us down there as a hustle with them. But both, mostly they put the fuck up, put us up there. But we had some business up there and not like talking about it. It wasn't, wasn't busy with me and Stanley up there. And I'm sorry, I just had to hit Stanley Till because he was just drunk, Stanley. Stanley figured he going to get even with him like that. I'm going to get fucking drunk on him. Okay. I started making money and making all the money, getting some damn good tips, you know. And, you know, Stanley come there, work, then gone, work, then gone. And then I'm working out of boat races. I'm like, Stanley, don't do this, bro. <sighs> okay. Okay, Maurice, just 500. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but they shouldn't have fired her. And that's how we left her. Uh, that's how we had left her uh, New Orleans. After that Mardi Gras, me and Angela, because we hadn't been together shit a couple of years, I think, by then. She hadn't went from, because I met her at Hogs Breast Saloon. They hired her as the t-shirt girl, and she went there, came there talking that shit to them, and they hired her as the t-shirt girl, but they never did fulfill what they were supposed to be doing and giving her the right money and stuff. They were just kind of get over. They probably was trying to fuck her, too. And uh, him and his wife... <laughs> And, uh, but man, we started hanging out. And she ended up going and working at Ollie's, Port of Ollie's, not Port of Ollie's. The restaurant around the corner on Bourbon Street. What's the name of that? And right there on the corner where they got the shrimps. I mean, not the shrimps, the oyster. Oyster, bar. I forget the name of it. You know, maybe it was, in, it was in the middle of the block. But in a lot of them places, you know, like, where she worked, I had never went into them places before, you know. I never. And, you know, I think she worked at that place and somewhere else because, uh, you know, she found it hard getting uh, getting uh, a job. I don't think, you know, she found it hard. But, you know, once we uh, worked there a little while, then we ended up going, uh, you know, hanging out at night. And then, you know, ended up, we didn't ever say we were going together, but we just went. And uh, that was it. Ended up in Alaska, and I told that tale there. 
Well, no, yeah, the last time in Alaska, I had to face another asshole. You know, first time it was Sarah, and oh man, Eddie. Um, who else? Who else? That was it. You know, pretty much. But that was fucking old. The assholes downtown. Want to talk to that shit behind, <laughs> sitting at a ball, and me stupid enough to follow them. Yeah, yeah. And I stopped fighting too. And I said I was gonna stop fighting. I started using my wits when I went up to last. And I did. I had a fight that made me weak, though. Not fighting. But, uh, oh, God, and I could have had plenty of chance to fight. They had this fucking, uh, Michael, Michael something, redhead, Irish motherfucker. Oh, my God, I just could have chopped that boy head off with a fucking spatula one day. He threw some food at me. And I'm, like, telling Sarah, this motherfucker can't come in my kitchen again. Say, well, yes, he can. I'm like, what? And that was, I'm like, okay. If I'd have knew that, I'd smack the fuck out of him with that uh, spoon. And, you know, I say, fuck it. I start making shit hard for every fucking body then. You know, and then I ended up walking away from that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, because I can't have nobody trying to handle me like I'm stupid and they're going to make me do that. Fuck you. So, I don't know. I think, um... Marilyn took over the kitchen, but you know, I, uh, man, I, I fucking, I shouldn't have stepped to that kitchen anyway. I should have just done a normal, uh, plant job, left there every year on my ass back. But then again, you know, they got them assholes in the plant. Last time was that, look, uh, fucking Lee. That's his name. That's that mother, Little Lee. That's the only way I could think of it, thinking the way Frank said it. Little Lee. And uh, what's his girlfriend name? Jennifer or Janice? And I don't know. Uh, it wasn't her. She she was nice. It was Little Lee. He's a fucking dick. <laughs> he was. And I mean, I can't stand the motherfuckers like that. You know? And I, I know he tried to get me in trouble with Charles with the fish. But, you know, he, he's a pussy. I dealt with them fish long before he fucking dealt with fish back in the day, and they didn't change. And he tried to make out I'm sending fish down the wrong way. And Charles come to me one day and say, hey, you got a problem with the fish? I'm like, no, why? What's up? You know how to tell him? I say, yeah. I say, if, if I got any trouble, I ask somebody. I got, got the little, what's this little motherfucker name was there? Little Asian dude. He didn't like me at first either. And, uh, because they asshole. You know, I don't I don't get it sometimes. You know, you, instead of making your fucking job easy, you want to make somebody else's job hard. And you can't make somebody else's job hard without fucking up your job. You know? And then if you want to start slinging fish, bitch, we could sling some fucking fish. You know, I know how to send a fucking fish down the line to fucking, like, block especially frozen fish but anyway it was kind of shit like that and little lee can't stand up for himself he got to try to get two you know other people to do his old dirt and uh, you know that's just so pussy to me and you know the way they attack you these white boys and even though yeah i'm saying that because you know even though you did use them two niggas with them two boys from the class 
damn, I can't think of their name. Heckle and Jekyll, huh? But, you know, you got them to hassle me? <laughs> you don't know, boy. I was ready to stab them. And I, I was. I was ready to stab them. You, all you had to do was stab And see that little motherfucker who was in now? Uh, uh, plant? Yeah. Uh, what's his little name? That little gay boy who stood up there at the podium. Who you gave all these white folks the easy job. Boy, you're so fucking stupid. And them niggas couldn't see that in the... Uh, well, not them two who you was using. Because they thought they was getting over with the drugs. Or I don't know if they were giving you drugs. I'm not making that a accusation. But they was using them. And you know they was using them. And you know that was what was fucking them up, bringing them in late. But you held that over them. You know, you used that. What kind of fucking supervisor is that? Rather we have a bunch of fucking drug addicts up there. Fucking hungover like a motherfucker. That's a dangerous job. But you the fucking supervisor. And you look at me. Yeah, I went there high, bro. Not in the beginning. But I did. But anyway. I'm pretty much done with this. <laughs> but that was, I guess, sometimes. I covered a few jobs there. Hmm. I guess that would be my... New Orleans resume. Yeah, but I did have a good time in New Orleans, uh, in the French Quarter. And I think uh, I learned a lot from a lot of people. Uh, that's when I really came out, you know, what I mean came out with, with my... Uh, just not worrying about what I talked, how I talked, and you know, it's just more about me communicating, translating, uh, uh, transferring the words. Um, always, you know, used to think you had to do things a certain way, then it was, fuck, I said, fuck it. I uh, just talked to people like I was fucking talking to anybody, you know, nobody was no worthy of no more respect than nobody else, and everybody was equal to me. And I, I played it like that, and it worked well for me. Um, I didn't try to sell people shit because I'm not good at that. You know, hey, what do you like? What do you want? And, uh, you know, one of my things when I was about 10 was, oh, yeah, like for a fancy drink. I'm like, look, you know, how you make that? Uh, I remember one time, um, this, I, this drink, I forgot what the hell it is. And using Galliano. And that was the first time I ever used that Galliano milk and some shit next to me. <laughs> like, look, you know how to make it? I could, uh, you could chill me. And we had a bartender book back there, but I just used that uh, as my thing. And I mean, that was at the Hogs Breast Saloon because we didn't get them kind of drink orders at the Trico House because our crowd was much younger. And it was more of a party crowd at night because they did the nightclub at night too, which was fucking good. Restaurant, nightclub, but night on the weekend. Andrew has started talking them into that. But um, what else? That was Chip. That well, that was the uh, the park. And I've already covered my drug days, and that was with the uh, place that used to be uh, the crash landing. And I had to get the hell on up before I robbed them. Hope check myself in the hospital. Where I met an angel. But, uh, you know, some of the other jobs I had in New Orleans was, uh, 
Damn, I had a job off Franklin when I was young, working with my sister and somebody uh bar. Oh redneck boy. That's the first my, time I've been in one of those bars. After a couple of weeks and drinking a six pack of that beer in the cooler, I'm like, fucking, I got out of there. You know. This felt like a slave work there. And she didn't seem to mind, so but you know, she's my sister. I thought it was that's like a little too much, a little bit too much work for the little money they want to get you and keep your ass out all night long. And stop, pretty. Uh, I can't. I know I'm gonna think of some other jobs I've had. Uh, I know in New Orleans, uh, I mean, just so much, so many things. I mean, when I first got out the military, I uh, got the security guard job, and after that, uh, the Kaiser. After Kaiser, I went to. Uh, Worked for the city for a minute. You know, my first jobs after high school was what? Shit, I worked in high school, so that was nothing that Mardi Gras bowling lane. Did that a year, and then I worked at Maison Blanche. Worked at Maison Blanche in the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I said that already. In the storeroom. And we used to shipping room, shipping department, ship shit all over the south. And after uh, that that summer, I ended up going back the next summer. They wanted me to do toilets. I'm like, fuck no. But they thought I was, uh, actually the man who, hired, who got me the job thought I was older than what I was. He thought I was fucking, uh, <laughs> he thought I was 18, but I wasn't. But anyway, I've had many jobs in Louisiana. And they all ain't been bad. Some of them been hell. But it's the travel I've done all over. And, you know, I just traveled to make money. And to see other things, but make money while I was doing it. So that was it. Later.